0: Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay.
1: Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And
0: I'm Melinda. It's the holiday season and we're really busy wrapping up the year uh, between work, family and all the other things that life throws at us, we decided to do another episode of some of the best ghost stories that you all wrote us. But the very last story has never been read on this show, so it will be brand new to all of you. So let's start the show off with a story about a ghost child.
1: This first one comes from Alex. I was working near Ronan, Montana as a heavy equipment operator. A bunch of roughneck... Roughneck? <laughs> now I'm going to laugh at myself. <laughs> a bunch of roughneck working men were all crammed into barrack-style rooms with a communal bathroom down the hall. My first night there, I woke up around 2 a.m., The light from a charging cell phone illuminated the faintest image of a young girl with blonde curly hair in a blue dress with puffy shoulders standing over a sleeping man. I sat up in my bunk and in an instant she was gone. Dazed from the abrupt awakening, I went to the restroom and fell back asleep thinking I was spooking myself out. The next morning in the chow hall, I met a young woman who was a trucker. I asked about the work schedule, how she liked the area, and what she disliked about the company, etc. At one point, she interrupted her own response and said, I'm sorry, but something weird happened to me last night. She went on to explain that the night before, she woke up to use the restroom and noticed a little girl staring at her from the cracks in the stall. The girl left as soon as they made eye contact. She was very troubled by the incident. When I asked her if the little girl had blonde hair and was wearing a blue dress, she looked as though she were going to be sick. There are a lot of natives in the area, and when word got out about the incident, several of them used smudge to bless the room. I don't know what I believe, but I know what I saw. Whoa. So it's one thing when you see something, especially when you're waking up from being asleep and you're like, okay, was it my eyes playing tricks on me? Was I still dreaming? But when you actually are able to have someone else who saw what you saw to validate you, that is like the best feeling because you know you're not crazy. You know you weren't just dreaming it. You know that what you saw was actually there.
0: But also, like, how creepy would it be? I'm sorry, but I would not want to see a ghost while I'm sitting on the toilet because, (laughs) like, you're trapped there. I mean, to be honest, like, you know, you're doing your thing and then you look up. You can't go
1: anywhere, at least not immediately. Like, that would be terrifying. (laughs) That's a good point. But I guess as soon as they made eye contact, she disappeared. So at least, you know, she had some manners. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And what have we said about ghost children? Like, I don't want to see ghost children at all because I think they're creepier than adult ghosts. Plus, it's also much sadder because obviously it's a child who died in probably some horrible way. Otherwise, they wouldn't still be around. You know, they would go on to the other side. So thank you, Alex, for for sharing that story. And I'm glad that you were validated.
0: (laughs) Yes, totally. And I'm sorry that that both of you were terrified.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Next, we have a story about a possibly haunted apartment from Andy. This happened a few years ago. I was home alone in my apartment. To set the scene, my roommate and I had a super long two-bedroom apartment on the top floor of an old building, your typical Chicago-style apartment. Our bedrooms were by the front door with a long hallway leading from the bedrooms to the main part of the apartment, living room, kitchen, etc. At the time, I was in a long distance relationship with my roommate. Oh, sorry. It's <laughs> like that's how long the hallway was <laughs> that <laughs> she was in a long distance relationship with her roommate. Let me try that over again. At the time, I was in a long-distance relationship, and with my roommate out for the night, I was on a Skype with my guy for most of the evening in my room. At one point, I started hearing footsteps in the hall outside the door to my room. As a rule, I almost always kept my bedroom door closed. We do, too. The more locked doors, the better. That's what I say. (laughs) But I can hear what sounded like movement out in the hall. So I poked my head out, expecting my roommate to have come home early. There was no one there. I double-checked the front and back doors, finding both locked, and ran back to my room, closed my door, and jumped into my bed, grabbing my computer and blankets on the way. The footsteps resumed. Sure, the building was old and creaky, but this was not your average old building noises, and having just checked, I knew that no one was in the house. Obviously freaked out, I asked my then-boyfriend if we can keep the Skype window open overnight. It was getting late, but I was too freaked out to sleep totally alone, and I thought at least having someone online with me was better than nothing. My boyfriend agreed, and eventually I was able to fall asleep. The next morning while getting ready for work, I got a text from my boyfriend asking how I was doing, and did I ever find out who it was. Who what was, I texted back. Oh, my God. All right. I'm getting chills, and I don't know if I want to read the rest. Oh, All right. He replied, the person in your place last night. I reminded him that I'd been alone. Didn't he remember? I even got up and checked. No, he responded later on. Who came into your room last night? After I fell asleep the night before, I stayed asleep. My boyfriend claimed that maybe an hour or two after we'd both fallen asleep, a noise woke him up. He said it sounded almost like creaking of some kind, but after searching his place, found nothing out of the ordinary. Then he looked at our Skype window. Apparently, the sounds were coming from my room over Skype. He said the creaking sounded like footsteps on a wooden floor. Then the noises stopped suddenly, and... As he watched my bedroom door slowly open by himself. No fucking way. (laughs) No, thank you. He could even see the light in the room brighten from the hall light. Oh my fucking God. He heard another creak and watched the door proceeded to then close and latch. What the, all right. I'm having like palpitation. (laughs) Because I feel like, like something similar has happened. Well, something similar has happened to me and I'm kind of like putting myself in Andy's situation. And this is really, really freaking me out. He heard another creak and watched as the door proceeded to then close and latch seemingly by itself as I slept. All I know is that nothing was out of place when I woke up and my door was still closed and latched as I had left it the night before. While nothing dangerous ever happened at that apartment, my roommate and I always felt a little uneasy there, especially when alone. I often left the TV on for background noise, but didn't think about it too much. Just thought it was comforting when I was by myself. But in the back of my mind, I think I preferred noise so I wouldn't have to hear something I might not want to hear. That apartment was the scene of countless parties and hangouts over the years, and if whatever there was minded, it never seemed to show it. Aside from odd noises here and there, this Skype slash door story is the only real activity of any kind we had while living there. While I don't like the idea of someone someone watching me as I sleep, too creepy, definitely is too creepy, maybe whatever there was was just saying hi, since it knew I was home alone. It only happened this one time, but once was enough. Whoa, all right. That is intense. W- yeah. are we going to say spencer?
2: how do how does Andy know that her then boyfriend wasn't lying to her?
1: Ooh, good point. well, that's that's a good question. Maybe that's why it's her ex <laughs> boyfriend. Maybe she found out later.
2: I mean, I'm sure I'm <laughs> that sure that she lied to asked. Her. I mean, she uh, she probably wouldn't have sent in the story if she thought that there was even a chance that he was lying.
0: Well, but then that the, she did hear footsteps. It says so. True. She yeah, had yeah, yeah, Already been experiencing something. Yeah, that
2: freaks me out. Seriously, to- that freaks well, me out.
0: Yeah, seriously. And like, I have a friend of mine has like his whole house wired for like mostly so that he can talk to his cat when he's not home, and it'll like <laughs> like, <laughs> tr- like a normal person, Nerd. like a normal person, like he'll get on his phone and it'll like open up whatever camera he chooses, and I. I realize home security is a good thing to have, but like that I haven't really done a whole lot of that kind of stuff in my house. Cause like, same thing. I'm kind of legit scared that I would have some sort of video system installed and then somehow would manage to see, Oh, the camera kicked on while I wasn't home. I wonder why, or overnight, I wonder why, what was smidgen doing? That's not smidgen. Like I, I just don't, I'm not down with video monitoring shit. I when agree. I, you know, like it's, just, yeah, you're right. Zoom is enough. And like, I don't even want to think about that. But like, yeah, I just, so the idea of having a video up all night and having anybody watching you freaks me out. And then the idea of like stuff happening while you're sleeping freaks me <laughs> out even more.
1: So, I agree. yeah. <laughs> I don't need to make myself more paranoid than I already am. I'm already terrified enough of, you know, serial killers or rapists or burglars or whatever breaking into my apartment i don't need to worry about ghosts watching me sleep at night as well what i don't know won't kill me or will it
0: (laughs) hopefully not up next we have a story about a paranormal occurrence that took place in a pyramid in egypt i'm just gonna get right into it it starts out hey ladies hey I've just recently started listening to your podcast, and the last couple of episodes have been Halloween, horror movies, and trivia. Yeah. I really like the trivia episode, as there was a lot of movies that I hadn't heard of before. I also appreciated that the next episode was one where you would watch several of the movies and rated them. Well, I love POV movies. Yeah, I do too, girl. Uh, wreck wrecked me and paranormal activity scared me so bad I woke my husband up to go to the bathroom with me. (laughs) (laughs) So of course I just had to watch Grave Encounters. I loved it. We do too. Yeah we did too. What a fun take and there was some seriously creepy stuff. So thanks for the recommendation. You're very welcome. We're glad you liked it. Anyway back to the story. Anyway I have a personal paranormal story for you all as well. My best friend and I just got back from our dream trip to Egypt. We ended up having to cut it a couple of days short due to COVID-19, but it was still amazing. Oh, my God. I'd love to go to Egypt. Side note. Mm -hmm. Uh, During our tour, our guide let us know that they had opened up the step pyramid for the first time in years and asked if we wanted to go inside it. Of course, we were all like, fuck, yeah, we do. We ended up going inside the Step Pyramid of Djoser on, I can't believe I'm actually typing this, Friday, March 13th. Awesome. This particular pyramid is not at the Pyramid Complex of Giza, but out in Memphis, and we were basically the only people there. If you've never been inside of a pyramid, well, let me tell you, it's dark, hot, and claustrophobic. Due to this reason, about half of our tour of 15 didn't want to go inside. Keep in mind, Cairo had experienced record rainfall and flooding, so the power was out. We basically only had our cell phones to use as lights. Oh, man. Well, we're all in there, and we're looking at cool stuff on the walls and just taking in the creep factor, and I feel like someone is looking over my shoulder. And it also felt like there were people crowding all around me. I look up and there's no one around me. I wasn't scared necessarily, but I just got a serious case of the noops and had to get out of the pyramid. Not long after I left, my bestie comes out, walks over to me and says, were there a lot of people in there? I replied, yes, but not people, right? She agreed and said that she had been walking around while looking down at her phone and felt a hand that grabbed her elbow and steered her around a big stone column so that she didn't run into it. She looked up to thank her tour mate, but no one was there. We both sat and digested that tidbit of knowledge for a bit. We decided that whatever spirits were down there were just super stimulated with the recent activity. Also, if you think about it, The ancient Egyptians were brilliant people, and they probably really wanted to know what the fuck we were looking at when we were using our cell phones. They probably hadn't seen them before and were really curious about them. I could see ancient Egyptians wholly embracing cell phone culture. (laughs) We're still not sure what it was, but there was definitely something in that pyramid, but that something was super polite, curious, and helpful. I hope you enjoyed the story and thanks for doing what you do Janine wow awesome story Janine that is thank you for listening first of all but oh my gosh thank you for sending that in I loved that story that was awesome that was a great story
1: this next story is about a haunted mask So my little sister got married to a really good guy from a really good family who are rich as fuck. So she decided to have a destination bachelorette party to Austin, Texas, and she thought it would be a really good idea if her big brother went with. I told her she doesn't understand how bachelorette parties work, (laughs) but she insisted. (laughs) I think that's kind of awesome. You guys (laughs) obviously have a great relationship. (laughs) Really? Um, So I flew down to Texas, and if you've never been to Austin, all I can say is that Austin is amazing. So I'm in Austin with my sister and her pack of friends who I nicknamed the Sisterhood of Traveling Putas. Uh, We're all Latin. This is him saying this, not not me. Uh, He wrote in parentheses, we're all Latin. It makes more sense in Spanish. And we wander into an antique shop on SoCo where we find this insane wooden <gasps> devil mask. Oh, Ricky. The thing had dirt on it from wherever they dug it up. Of course, I bought it and took it home with me, like I'm Peter Brady. And if you don't get that reference, so there was an episode of the Brady Bunch where the family went to Hawaii and Peter Brady took an idol from a cave and then the family started having like bad luck um so yeah so i appreciated the reference i totally got it <laughs> I,
0: I did too i also think that if if it's something that you're, you're not sure of you can google it
1: uh, whatever
0: but thanks for the explanation Sharon.
1: anyway continue i bring this thing home and hang it up and within a week i start having weird dreams about a black shadowy figure walking around my apartment holding the mask up to its face and standing over my bed. A week later, I'm at work eating a falafel when I start itching all over. Then my tongue starts to swell up. The next thing I know, I'm getting epipenned in the back of an ambulance and being told I'm going into anaphylactic shock. I've never been allergic to anything, and even after seeing an allergy specialist, they could not find anything wrong with me. After that, I ended up on short-term disability from work. I began to have crazy thoughts and became really afraid of the mask and wouldn't touch it or make eye contact with it. People would come over and feel uncomfortable and say they felt like they were being pushed out. I felt like I was losing my mind and began having constant panic attacks and was put on Prozac and Xanax. I would be constantly shaking. I couldn't sleep. I was having visual and auditory hallucinations and even became suicidal. Every morning I was waking up and putting a gun in my mouth. That is oh horrific. My God. Oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. Um, the only thing that kept me from doing it was the thought of making my mom fly out to clean my apartment. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Ricky. Then my grandmother died. She was very old and had dementia and a bad heart, but the timing was brutal. We were very close. It was about this time my friend Carrie Bigger came into the picture. I've met a lot of people in my life who claim to be psychic or mediums, but Carrie is one of the few I've ever believed because I've seen her do unbelievable things like giving a complete stranger a message from their dead mother to calling to check on my sprained ankle five minutes after I sprained it. Carrie told me the mask was made by a really bad man a long time ago with some really bad intentions. There was a lot of negative energy. Basically, it's a cursed object. Lucky me. (laughs) I would have just gotten rid of the thing, but it was already there in my apartment. I even considered setting it on fire, but didn't out of fear of letting something loose. I burned sage and Palo Santo at it, yelled at it like a lunatic, and in the end, she's the one who cleared it. I still have the mask hung over the door to my studio, but no more issues no anxiety or craziness. And now the only thing wearing spooky masks and prowling my apartment at night is me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would have kept that mask
0: I would not have bought that Ricky uh, Wow you've got balls <laughs> Yeah
1: we are going to post a picture of this mask um, We yeah. we have it in my Document that we are, are Reading so Spencer and Mindy can see it But um, Ricky thank you So so much for sharing both Of your amazing stories um, I hope your mask is still behaving
2: <laughs> and, and this mask looks Pretty much like you would expect it to <laughs>
1: It looks worse than you probably expected. Maybe.
2: I like it, though. I do like it.
1: Well, okay. so this one is kind of a personal one. So I think I've mentioned in past episodes that I have lived in two houses that I believe to have been haunted. Um, So this actually comes from my ex-boyfriend, Jeff. Um, I told him to write me in a story. And here we go. I bought my house in October of 2004. The only thing I knew about the house was that an old man lived there before my wife, now my ex-wife, and I moved in. I used to joke that I hoped the old man that lived there didn't die in the house. (laughs) (laughs) One day, the grandson of the old man that lived in my house came over to say hi and introduce himself. He lived a few blocks away and used to come over to mow his grandpa's lawn. As we were in my living room talking about the front door, he pointed to my couch and said, that was right where he died. (laughs) Oh, great. Oh, fuck. That was the last (laughs) thing I wanted to hear. Can you imagine someone coming over your place and being like, oh, that's where so-and-so died? I have a relative who had someone die in the tub of their house. Oh. I actually think it would be pretty funny to go to, like, my childhood home, which I've actually wanted to do because that's the first haunted house I grew up in. And I've always wanted to, like, go back there and ask, like, the new people who live there, like, have you seen anything weird? But, like, also go back there and just, like, walk into a random room and be like, oh, this is where my mom and dad were bludgeoned death. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I was at a sleepover that night or I'd be dead too all right well thanks for the walk down memory lane gotta go (laughs)
0: actually the house that wasn't far from yours that i lived in when we were little um they did construction on that house so i've always wanted to know like Mm. because they say construction stirs up stuff exactly anyway quick tangent back to the story
1: anyways um so soon after we moved in we started hearing noises at night There were random bumps and bangs in the house that you just didn't hear during the day. There was also the feeling that you were being watched, or it felt like someone was in the next room when no one else was home. Things would move around in the house, too. If a cup was placed in one spot, it would be moved to another spot. Then one night when I was in bed, I was laying on my side sleeping. Sleeping? Sleeping. (laughs) Suddenly I got southern. I was laying on my side sleeping and happened to wake up in the middle of the night. Standing on my side of the bed was a tall silhouette of a man leaning over me. I was so petrified I tried to say something, but I couldn't. After a few moments, I decided to take a swing at whatever it was, and the (laughs) silhouette just vanished before my eyes. After that, things escalated. Even more noises and always the feeling that someone or something else was in the house with me. One night when I came home from work, I broke down because I couldn't take it anymore. I said out loud, hey, this is my house now. I would appreciate it if you moved on. I don't Good know. for you. I don't know if that's how he would have said it. But <laughs> <laughs> Good on him, though, for saying yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so things died down after that. My wife and I divorced, and she moved out. My friend Paul moved in and became my roommate. Paul knew a little bit about some of the things that happened in the past, like the noises, but he didn't want to hear about them. While Paul was living there, his mom had passed away, and he was given her ashes to spread at their family cottage in Wisconsin. Paul was freaked out by the idea of having his mom's ashes in his room. I said I would put them in my bedroom closet until we were able to go up to Wisconsin to scatter them.
0: Which, thanks, buddy.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's what a true friend is for true friend is there to put your mom's ashes in their closet all right have that like uh a t-shirt stenciled or something yeah (laughs) we're gonna get t-shirts made with that on there (laughs) so one bright and sunny morning so now he has um his roommate's mom's ashes in his closet like people do (laughs) one bright and sunny morning i was laying in bed wide awake paul had already left for work And I was home alone. As I was laying there with my eyes wide open, I heard a conversation coming from the living room, which was right next to my bedroom. I should also say, not only was I home alone, but the TV was not on. I lay in bed for half an hour listening to a man and woman talking in the living room. Although I could not really make out what they were saying, I knew the voice of the woman. Her voice was raspy, just like Paul's mom, who was a smoker, and had a very distinctive voice. The other voice, I can only assume, was the man who had once lived in my house and died in my living room. I wasn't scared, though. I felt at peace listening to them. Mm -hmm. Nothing much really happened after that. But when I told Paul about it later, he freaked the fuck out (laughs) and eventually bought his own place. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, I lived in this house for two years, and before I moved in, the only story I knew about it was that story of him hearing the conversation between Which, Paul's mom and the guy that died in the living room. It's so crazy to me. So crazy, but it because he wasn't scared, right. it didn't scare me. Sure. And I didn't know any of the other stories about things moving or, like, you know, Bumps and noises in the middle of the night or just the feeling of someone watching you he never told me any of those things but then when I moved in just as he said like it would be in the morning sun's shining in everything's bright and sunny in the house he would leave for work and I'd still be in bed And I would hear the garage door closed, and I would know he was gone. And all of a sudden, I would have this feeling of someone watching me. Never in my life have felt anything like this before, but I was so afraid the moment I heard him leave, I – Couldn't even like get out of bed hardly. I would have to force myself to get out of bed to like go to the bathroom in the morning or to like get out of bed and like start getting ready and like go about my day. But I always had this feeling in the daytime that I was being watched when I was talking to him and like texting him like, hey, can you please like write me a story just a little bit about like the background of your house and blah, blah, blah. And I told him, I was like, you know, your house always freaked me out. Every time you would leave for work, I felt like I was being watched. He's like, you never told me that. And I was like, no, I didn't. And then, like, I read the story and know that he felt the same thing. So the spirit might have quieted down, but it did not leave. No, it's his house for sure. He will always be there. He may not be as disruptive, but that house is so, like, the... And it's not, it's not a negative energy. Right. But I remember the first time um, I ever saw the first Paranormal Activity movie. Oh, I <laughs> watched it by myself in the living room <gasps> where the guy died. and <laughs> Oh, my God. And I was home alone because Jeff was out with his friends. And I had to get off the couch to go to the bathroom. And I could not do it because the rest of the house was pitch black. And, like, right across from the living room – they're, uh, like, at, like, an a uh, diagonal angle was the office, which was this open door that was pitch black, and I just felt like someone was in the office watching me, and I ha- would have to have gone past the office to get to the bathroom. I could not do it. Like... I
0: Well, and especially after watching Paranormal Activity. Well, yeah, that movie
1: scared the shit out of me, but I could not get myself to get off the couch. I was so terrified. I think what I ended up doing was um, there was a half wall separating the living room from the kitchen. Okay. So I think I jumped, I like did lava, I like jumped from the couch to the half wall, walked Around the kitchen table, so like literally in the opposite direction of the office to completely avoid going past the office
0: door. Of judging because yeah. I know that I would have probably done the same <laughs> if I were
1: freaked out, so. Uh, and I, yeah, like eventually I just couldn't wait for Jeff to come home and <laughs> like turn lights on. I was terrified. All right. So here we go. Here is the brand new ghost story never been read on our show before. It is called the Luxor Ghost. When I was 14, my parents, older sister and I took our first vacation out of state. It was the week between Christmas and New Year's, and my parents had always wanted to go to Las Vegas. They decided to stay at the Luxor Hotel, which was a brand new resort at the time. It was built in 1993 and it was the first of many mega resorts that were built in that era and also catered to both adults and kids. Our rooms happened to be on the first floor of the hotel. My dad's health wasn't great at the time and he needed a walker to move. So they gave us rooms that had easy accessibility for him. My sister, who is in her 20s, and I shared the room next door. The first thing I noticed was that I was very lethargic in the hotel room and often felt nauseous with terrible headaches. I had very little energy in my room, but when we left to go beyond the hotel grounds, I always felt better and more energetic. I thought it was because of the long flight and my first experience with jet lag. We went shopping and did all the fun Vegas things you do when you go for the first time. When we would return to the hotel room, I wouldn't feel well, But yet again, I chalked it up to being tired from traveling, from having too much fun, from being in a new place, in a new time zone, and probably being dehydrated. Easy enough to explain away or not think much about it. One side of our room had a slanted window for a wall because the Luxor Hotel is known famously as the Large Pyramid Hotel. The large glass wall of our room had window shades thick enough to block out all the lights from the outside, so you could neither see into our room from the outside or see any light reflections from the outside of the room. On our last night, I was lying in bed and couldn't sleep. My sister let me keep the bathroom light on at night because I had always had a hard time sleeping in complete darkness. As I laid there, I felt like someone was in the room watching me. I saw out of the corner of my eye a black figure peer around the wall from the bathroom. It was gone as fast as it appeared. I pretended not to see it because I was terrified. This was not the first time I had seen a shadow figure in my life, and I usually ignored them out of fear. But this was the first time I saw one outside of my home. I got up, went next door to my parents' room, and told them what I saw. I was so freaked out that I cried so hard till I fell asleep and spent the rest of the night in their room. Luckily for me, my parents have always believed me when I would tell them about scary things I'd seen or experienced. They never questioned the validity of what I saw since they too were sensitives and had experienced paranormal occurrences all their lives. We left the hotel that next morning and flew back home since it was the end of our trip. Once we got back home, my dad mentioned to a friend about what happened and what we experienced there. That's when we found out that it was rumored that several people died during the construction of the hotel. This was pre-internet days, so information wasn't so readily available at the time. His friend said that the construction workers would allegedly die by slipping and falling to their deaths along the long glass outer walls of the pyramid. And we were staying at ground zero where these people uh. wound up dead. Oh, My dad was so upset hearing about it because he never would have stayed there knowing this. If you Google it today, many websites say that the iconic casino resort has a long held notorious reputation for being linked with a plethora of untimely deaths in suspicious circumstances. I was also able to find out that it is alleged that up to seven workers died during the construction of the resort. Conspiracy theorists feel that the management kept these deaths under wrap to save the reputation of the resort. There are also rumors that the hotel is cursed based on the design of the hotel. Mm. We so, did have
2: uh, two pyramid stories in this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, So the person who wrote this story added a part um, that was taken from a website that they found. Um, They did not include the link, but I'm going to read it anyways. So we will not have the link in our show notes as we usually do. But here it goes. The Luxor takes its name from the renowned Egyptian city of the same name. The whole premise behind its design was to build a venue that truly encapsulated the heart and spirit of ancient Egypt. Unfortunately, plans did not quite accurately portray how the ancient Egyptians built their pyramids. For example, they did not put casinos in their pyramids. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's my own uh,
2: (laughs) editorializing here. I don't think there's any clocks
0: in uh, pyramids,
1: though, (laughs) just
2: like casinos.
0: And no glass windows, as far as I know, at least not in Egypt. Yeah,
1: there's many differences. Um, But let's get back to the article. Uh, For example, it was believed that pyramids in ancient Egypt required a sphinx to be facing both directions so that the pyramid was protected on both sides. However, the Luxor pyramid only has one sphinx facing east. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Uh, So thank you for including that. This is really interesting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, So then back to um, the story. They go on to say, we believe we stayed at this haunted hotel in its early days before it became the infamous haunted hotel it's known as today. We've never been back there since. Uh Smart. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Uh, um, Also, they included a side note. As a 14-year-old girl, I looked like a 20-something, so I would go to the casino with my parents as they played the slot machines. We did it almost every night when we were there, and I finally got kicked out almost at the end of our trip when someone asked for my ID. One night before I was kicked out of the casino, we were taking photos in the casino posing with the slot machines, which you can (laughs) no longer do in Vegas. I didn't realize that. (laughs) I didn't Um, either. (laughs) <laughs> I've only been there once, and it was basically to get married. Yeah, and I've I've <laughs> never
0: been there at all, actually. So,
1: uh, you you honestly only really need to go once, and only for like two days. Max.
0: Now I don't need to go at all, thanks to this this story. This is great. Mm-hmm.
2: You were planning on taking photos with the uh, slot machines.
0: Yeah. What what what, <laughs> the, what what did you do when you went to Vegas? Oh, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got married with Elvis Presley at our (laughs) wedding. Um, So anyways, uh, back to the story. Uh, My mom took several photos of me alone next to the biggest slot machine (gasps) in the casino. When we got home and developed the photos, pre-digital cameras, there was a photo with a gray mist surrounding me. In the series of photos, it only appeared in the second photo of the series, and it's completely gone in the next photo. It's transparent, but more opaque than cigarette smoke. It's covering my face, neck and shoulders like it's hovering over me. It's startling because in the next photo it is completely gone. So it couldn't have been cigarette smoke since cigarette smoke lingers. Mm. Wish I could find the photos because I have no idea where they are now. Oh, damn. Yeah, I would like to see see that. Yeah, I would, too. And for
0: you younger listeners, um, you used to be able to smoke cigarettes inside, like, public places
1: back in the day. It was crazy. Uh, hotel. Uh, yeah. Hotels and airplanes and hospitals.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think airplanes is the weirdest
0: one.
1: Uh, I think hospitals, ha- hospitals. Might beat yeah. that. Yeah. Let's that's, smoke that's around a bunch of sick people.
0: Or, like, an oxygen tank. <laughs>
1: Right. Oh, man.
0: Although
2: I think there are casinos in Vegas that they do still let you smoke. Because wasn't there a bunch of cigarette smoke when we were walking through the casinos?
1: Yeah. But that was also almost 10 years ago. So, yeah. All right. Um, they also included uh, another article, Um, just a, a little blurb from an article titled The Luxor is the most haunted resort on the Strip. Look up Luxor online and you'll inevitably find mentions of the hotel's haunted hallways, rooms, and other spaces. The stories can be split up into two varieties. The first is that the resort's various replicas of Egyptian art, more on those below, have levied a curse on the property that causes ghosts and ghouls to congregate and frighten guests. The other, however, is a little more grisly. Legend has it that several workers died during the resort's construction and their deaths were covered up by hotel management. Their ghosts haunt the resort seemingly unable to check out for all eternity. Um, That was the only part they included, so I actually lied. There is no more on the Egyptian art. (laughs) So I guess you have to do your own Google search to find out about the uh, various replicas of the Egyptian art that is on display at the Luxor. I've actually never been into that hotel, so um yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know what they're talking about, but I'm sure there's some fascinating stories behind all that as well. So thank you so much for sending in that story. Um, that was great. And yeah, now I'm going to have to go do uh, a little more research to find out what actually happened at the Luxor. Should we stay there? I honestly have no desire to ever go <laughs> to I know. Vegas again. I really, really don't. Once was enough for me, I think. Yeah, I I
0: was going to say though and I know how this is going to sound but whatever. Um I like fell asleep the other night kind of what, with the TV on and it was one of those like paranormal videos like sent in kind of shows and then like quote unquote experts like debunk them. Um and there was an incident and I guess there's been a few a uh, few years ago where the, a right like like right around the Luxor in the sky people have seen UFOs, which again don't necessarily mean aliens; they're just like literally unidentified flying objects. Um, but they were centering around the Luxor, and people thought maybe because you know, folks have theorized that like the uh, Egyptian pyramids might have been alien in origin for whatever reason, and the Luxor does have that that light on the top of the pyramid that like shoots right into space, basically. Um, so, so what are the the experts was like, it's basically a homing beacon for Earth, but um, it's funny because it, it does. I don't think that the Luxor just has spooky things happening inside of it. It sounds like I am kind of curious now, but no, I don't know if I want to stay there.
1: <laughs> all right, well, thank you all for listening to us. Um, this is the part of the episode where we normally say. You know, please write to us with your ghost stories, uh, true crime stories, whatever. And we ask you to join our Patreon and uh, write reviews. Um, But we have a little announcement to make. Uh, We are not going to be saying our regular outro because we have actually decided to end the podcast. Um, I had an opportunity to um, be an associate producer on a film, and I I took that opportunity, and I unfortunately do not have enough time to work a full-time job, do the podcast, and do the associate producer thing, so I'm taking a little rest from the podcast, or we're taking a little rest from the podcast to pursue other things, and you know, we might come back one day and start this up again. Um but for now this is going to be the plan. So And
2: and it's it's a lot of work in general just to do the podcast in and of itself. You know, it takes a lot of time to do the research and that's why episodes like the one that we just played are good because, you know, it was a lot less work for us, but you know, that these are pretty rare. So there's a lot a lot of time and effort that goes into making these every week.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And um, I mean, Sharon's such a slacker. I'm still really angry that like she's like, oh, I can't I'm doing a movie and my day job and like uh, whatever. You can't do three things at once. No, I'm totally, <laughs> totally, totally kidding, obviously.
1: Um. Well, if the movie is successful enough, I can quit my day job <laughs> and just do things like this and, you know, live a, uh, a creative life filled with art, and uh, passion projects. And walking. And walking. Walking. (laughs) I've been walking a lot lately.
0: (laughs) Well, so um, just to be clear, though, um, Sharon, we're still going to have... You're going to be manning the Instagram
1: page that we still currently have, right? We will still have our Instagram page up. We'll still have our Twitter page up. Um, Because we're not really doing the podcast anymore, I was thinking about possibly... Changing the name or just Mm. abbreviate abbreviating it to um, WTH or something like that. Because I also think uh, the name of our podcast really (laughs) affects the algorithms. Yeah. So uh, I don't think it's reaching as many people as it should because I know Instagram definitely, from what I've been told, has a block on the word horror Uh uh, because it's considered, I don't know, to be violent or a threat or something like that. You mean the H word? The H word, yeah.
2: Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the W word is also, uh, the whole internet has an algorithm against words like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there, there might be uh, a change in the in the name, but it'll still be me, uh, you know, doing all the, the posts and stuff. And I'll probably be doing a lot more posts about the film. Um, and also, if you want to follow the film, it is titled Unplugged. And you can find us on Instagram at Unplugged the film. It is an animated film. It's going to be a full-length feature film. It stars Christina Ricci, Ed Asner. Um, He recorded his lines before he passed away this year, so by the time the film gets released, it will probably be his final film, which Mm. is kind of wild that, you know, this film might be his final project. Um, Lou Gossett Jr. uh, Cheryl Lee, who played Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks. Dana (laughs) Ashbrook, who played Bobby Briggs from Twin Peaks. uh, Jerry Ryan from Star Trek Voyager. Uh, it's, It's an amazing cast. It's an amazing story. You can go on Spotify or Bandcamp. And you can listen to the music from the film. It's going to be re-recorded with the lead actress, Holly Trasty, who plays Dana Clay. Um, But the music is fantastic. And I think you just searched. um, Yeah, if you want to hear the music from the film, it's got a fantastic soundtrack. You can go on Spotify and search unplugged, a survivor's story in scenes and songs. Um, And we can put a link to all this in our show notes as well. Um, but it's going to be a great film, so um, please support it because it is very, it's an indie film project um, mm-hmm. written by a, a really, really creative person, Paul McComas, and uh, 10% of all the proceeds for this film are going to go to charity. Um, yeah, he's been working his whole life with a bunch of great charities, um, helping you know victims of rape, abuse, um, helping... Uh, get you know support for people living with mental illnesses um so this film is going to benefit a lot of people uh when it is finally made and you can go see it in the theaters and um yeah i'm I'm really really proud of it and spencer's working on the film as well he just got promoted to producer um so yeah this is this is what we're going to be doing now for a little while. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: in addition to our day jobs, it's uh that and the movie for a a while.
0: Yeah. And I I've done producing for theater and I know what that's like. Um so to be fair, I I I was very excited when Spencer initially got this job, but I kind of figured there might be some changes coming and I think, you know, but I'm I'm just very excited. This is I'm excited to see where this goes. And I know I think Sharon's already no, I don't think. I know Sharon's already posted about this on <laughs> Instagram. So you can probably find the link to the unplugged page on our Instagram account. But yeah, it, it it's it's exciting. I, I'm really excited to see
1: how what happens. Thank you. And you'll get to come to cast parties (laughs) and red carpet events. (laughs) I'm
0: like, Sharon, uh, I'm your plus one or nothing. (laughs) Well, yeah,
2: now that uh, Sharon and I are both officially on board uh, working on the film, uh, we both get plus ones.
0: It's happening. It's happening.
2: I'm going to do a raffle for
0: my plus one. (laughs) I think there's our friend Joe might kill you if you do that, because I didn't he kind of stake his claim.
1: He he might. might He
0: might. Um, Also, Jelena, too, though, it's going to be tough. Oh, you um, guys, Battle to the Death, Hunger Games.
1: But also, all of our episodes are still going to be available on all your favorite streaming platforms that we're not taking them down. And they're also on YouTube still. Yeah. And you can always still write to us. I'll be checking our email as well. I'll be checking our DMs on Instagram, uh, yeah. Twitter. So, you know please still listen to our show, re-listen. And if you haven't written a review, I mean, still, you can still go and write a review for our show um, just so that it kind of can stay up there and stay somewhat relevant (laughs) while we're taking a break. Yeah. um, I wanted to
0: just take a second myself and just say that, um, yes, I'm very excited for Sharon and Spencer, but I've also known about this project for a little while. And so now, I feel a little bit better that I can kind of say something about it because I've been trying not to say it like, oh, well, the Sharon Spencer are busy because they're working. Uh, they're working on uh, cleaning the house like, you know, like because I didn't want to. So now can't throw the cat's out of the bag. Yay. But um, honestly, Sharon and Spencer kind of talked me into doing this podcast when we first started. And um, I thought like, OK, like, cool. Like, we'll do it and have it have we could listen to it when you know we're old like we've talked about sneaking booze into the nursing home um but this whole experience ha- was it surpassed any expectation i ever could have had and that's due to every single one of you listening to this right now um from the bottom of my cynical creepy heart thank <laughs> you all so very much for listening and for saying such lovely things in comments and in emails it may seem like it's not it's just like a little thing but trust me it's meant the world to i think i can speak for sharon and spencer it to all three of us just to hear a that people were listening to us but that they were you guys liked what we had to say and and you you know kept kept listening to us so please do stay in touch and i would just like you all to know this is my first time officially actually like hosting or co-hosting a podcast I'm no longer a podcast virgin and that's because (laughs) of you guys and I will never forget you for that um but seriously though um yeah when when we started I was actually contracting for my day job and then like right when we went on lockdown I got hired as staff and then my job got a lot busier so between that and, as Sharon said, like, life and health and work and family, like, I kind of needed a break, and then this opportunity, I think, presented itself at, like, the exact right time, so... But that doesn't mean that there might not be a resurgence or a sequel or... Oh,
2: yeah, I think we should do some special episodes or something.
1: And we will we will have one more episode. This is not the final episode. Uh, we are going to have an epic Tidbits of Terror next week. <laughs> um, it's going to be probably the longest tidbits of terror we ever (laughs) do. Um, But yeah, we're gonna have one really fun final episode. And then yeah, when I think when Halloween ends comes out next year, Mm. we have to do one episode where we discuss it with Dave McRae. And um, yeah, and we're gonna give huge thank yous to like all of our guests that have been on the show next week. Um, Like I said, this is not the final episode. We just wanted to give you a heads up that, you know, the show will be ending soon, and we we hope you're not mad at us or, or too disappointed because um, we will always be here.
0: Yeah, we're like that's why I wanted to mention Instagram and the email because I know this is uh, we're talking we like to talk about ghosts on the show, but we're not dying. Um, we'll still be here, <laughs> and uh, we just we just really kind of need a timeout for a little bit. Um, and I, I honestly don't even want to think about what Sharon Spencer would be like if they attempted to do all of the things they were talking about at once it's just impossible so um but yeah i mean we're not we'll still be here like and if you write to instagram or the email address and like sharon gets it and you have a message for me send it anyway sharon will get it to me vice versa yeah like we'll we'll, we're here we'll still be here but thank you guys for making it worth it because I I really didn't think I I remember one day Sharon was texting us going oh my god we're getting more Instagram followers and I, I just I didn't think I thought like our friends would listen to this podcast so you guys are amazing and you know what Sharon I think we're right we've always said that horror fans are the best they're always the coolest people and nicest people and I think our fans are even better than that so
1: absolutely yeah I agree
0: Yeah, but we're not really going away, but we just need a a break for a minute.
1: I need to catch my breath. On that note, um, join us next week for our final episode. (laughs) And as always, thanks Thanks for for getting getting creepy creepy with us. us. Sharon, do you want a beer?
0: Uh, Oh, my God.